Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for coming in and listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your co-host or main host or whatever you want to say, uh, Brock Hendricks. I want to thank you for listening. So today we have a full panel, but it is not the full panel that would normally be all of the co-hosts on the show. But I'm going to be thankful that for everybody that's here. Hopefully I talk to the co-host Vince. Hopefully he'll be back with us by the end of the month. But this train is going to stay on track. So we will see. So let's say hello to everybody that's here today. What's up, Lolo? Hey, world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And what's up, Steph? What up? Yes. And for our reoccurring guest, the rabbi, Shonda, say what's up. Hey, everybody. Thank you all for being here with us today. We appreciate you all listening. I appreciate you all joining. So we're going to get some good discussion today. We got four people, four opinions. Maybe we on the same page. Maybe we aren't. But let's go ahead and dive right into the topic for today. So what we will be discussing is the law. And when we say the law, we're basically talking about the Mosaic law in the Bible, um, the laws that were given to Moses to give to the children of Israel, and why so many Christians today still follow the law, even though we are supposed to be now uh, under the dispensation dispensation of grace. So we get into a lot of people telling you, you got to do this and, and it's law. You got to do that. And that's law. And we know what uh, Paul end up saying about law. So we go, go ahead and jump right into it. We'll start with the ladies first, the lady to my right. Go ahead, Lolo. You know, I always start first, <laughs> <laughs> but my personal belief as to why people always go for believing, you know, things from the Old Testament compared to the New Testament is I think it goes back to routine. And a lot of people without some people knowingly and some people unknowingly, they are stuck in the, you know, like we pick and choose what we want to apply to our lives so like when it comes to the 10 commandments we may listen to we may follow three of them right but then the rest of them like oh no that don't apply to me because <laughs> you know that's jesus old came. that's old. yeah, yeah that's <laughs> jesus came and now we falling under grace right so that's what i think um one of the biggest things is is that we live in the past but we only apply it when we feel like it, when it's like necessary. when it's necessary for what we going through or what we want to have in our lives. Mm -hmm. What about you, Shonda? How you feel about it? I think people still live under the law because one, it, you can see it. You know, it's it's written out for you the do's and the don'ts. Um, but you still can't, you can't, you still can't abide by it. Right. But it's easier because the other way requires you to change, and people don't like change you know i'd rather you just tell me what it is i need to do than for me to have to change myself you know people avoid accountability so i think that's one of the reasons and what about you steph <laughs> go ahead drop that knowledge no what i was going to say was <laughs> no um i mean the law is more so like religion now right right so religion allows us to feel holy without actually experiencing holiness you know, so like if you say you want to stick to something and you say, as long as I don't drink, I don't smoke, you feel self-righteous. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, oh, you know, I feel like I'm on the right path with God. I know I feel like I'm doing what I need to do. And that's not what gets you closer to God. Not at all. So well, let, let's uh, go ahead and start really dive into it. So now it's, how many laws is it, Shonda? It's 500. Is it 538? 500. Total like law, five hundred thirty nine, five forty, somewhere, Some, somewhere in that 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 ballpark. But hold on, this is the moment I feel like <laughs> I missed the homework at school. I'm, all like, I'm still thinking about ten. <laughs> well, you we know the, the you thinking oh, yeah. about the commandments. <laughs> I told you to do your homework. <laughs> yeah, this was that moment. No, I definitely was yeah. looking around like, hold no, on, yeah, homework. <laughs> yeah, but we 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 all come out of traditions in in church. Um, 
in this area of where we are in uh, Metro Detroit was um, Clinton Street, Bethlehem Temple. And und- and Shonda, you from the South, so I know you grew up under that that uh, mosaic law where it was um, long skirts for the women, you couldn't go to the movies, you couldn't wear makeup, uh, no jewelry. Um, I said no going to the movies, right? You know, some churches didn't even do wedding rings, right. like anything with jewelry. It was all, but these were things that they were getting from the law. And we kind of grew up in that. And, and what do y'all think was the turning point when over the last 30 years where Christians kind of started saying like this, this ain't, this, this ain't flowing. Well, I think that, um, when you, when you put someone in a box as to what they wear or what they look like or how they dress or whatever the case may be, that's really another way to keep someone bound. Okay. So if, if I can, if I can keep you bound in a way to say, all right, you're not as saved as me because you wear that or you do this or you do that. I think people eventually get tired of it. They get tired of you telling me, so you mean to tell me I go to church like you go to church. I pray like you pray. I go, I speak in tongues like you speak in tongues. I read the Bible like you read the Bible, but I'm not as saved as you because I have on some earrings. (laughs) Right. No. Yeah. That's, I mean, and and even I remember uh, we went to a church a few years ago that was still kind of uh, following those rules, and we were having a beautiful worship. I mean, it was like beautiful worship, and one of the girls who was with us was trying to keep the worship going. She goes on stage to sing, and the people at the church, the deacons and elders, wouldn't let her go because she was wearing pants. They wouldn't let her sing and worship with us. So it's like... You know, and I think, Shonda, you mentioned about wanting to appear mm-hmm. holy. But we used to say, like, these people, the, the woman with no makeup, no earrings, but just as nasty as she want right. to be. Mean, bite your head off, but look so sad. Look so sad. And and so do do you think that the Mosaic Law or or things like that, because Paul, for instance, Paul talks about um, – the noose of the law and not knowing the law until um, not what's the, what's the, I didn't know sin until the law came. I didn't know sin until the law came. So why, why is it then that we still push it even though we are under the disposition of grace? Is it because we, the way the Bible is interpreted, you think is because of lack of education. Don't everybody jump in at once. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I think it goes back to what we kind of all talked about. Lolo even just said it. It allows us to feel like we're doing something greater than somebody else. Because with the law, you can actually do a comparison thing. Like Lolo just said, you know, it's like, I'm not wearing earrings. You are? Man, you do that rap battle face like. (laughs) (laughs) You know, straight up. It's like that. So you you can kind of make a comparison on that. But when you. Take the law away, and you put us on the the same playing field. And now it's like, who searches for God the most? Right. Then it's a different story. Right. Those are things you really can't talk about, or you it's not it's not an outward thing. Well, does does the law allow for you not to have to talk about your relationship with Jesus, because you appear to be a certain way, you appear to be holy. So it's like I'm going to tell you because the people who do this, they're telling you. I'm holding like they they won't. Oh no, I don't, I wouldn't do that. I'm very modest, and I would never. <laughs> you know, I mean, they'll clutch their pearls. So it's like, you know, a woman wearing jeans at a professional job, or not jeans, but a pantsuit or something like that. Or if your skirt is a, just a hair above your knee and things like that, they gonna come out and call. You know, Lauren, you got your nails painted blue and all that other stuff. They look nice, but somebody will come to you and be like, oh, you. You, you're, you're the youth minister and you, say, mm-hmm. and you have your nails painted. So mm-hmm. what, what about the young girls at your church and things like that? So go ahead. You about no, to say I, something. I remember we was growing up and y'all remember this. Soon as somebody said, praise the Lord. And if you didn't say praise the Lord back, 
fell back. Right, like, oh, you backslid? Oh, you backslid? <laughs> they be like, pray, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, no, if no. If you ain't say praise the Lord. It was like, oh, no, praise the Lord. Oh, no, praise the Lord. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I see what's going on. And that, that, that falls into the exact same thing. It becomes a repetition of religion, and the religion allows you to be self-righteous. Not, not being honest and true as to where you are. Because now those things have faded away. If you hear somebody say, praise the Lord, nah, it's it's almost like, man. Right. It's like cassette tape. I ain't heard that in a minute. Right. No, I got you. But but even. Not saying it like that. No, no, but, but I'm just I mean. saying. But some of the things that's in the law, like, because people will shun you for for, for the law. So, and, and then even sometimes I find myself having, because I grew up under that umbrella, I find myself sometimes having to pull myself back when I want to clutch my pearls when I see certain things. So I'll give you, an, and I'm just giving you an example on. So how we were raised about marking up your body with tattoos, right? And your mom, my aunt, is one of my biggest mentors. Woman of God, I wouldn't question anything about her prayer life, spiritual life. I, I, this is a woman who has mentored me along my walk. And when I saw that your mom had got a tattoo, I'm just kind of like, <clears throat> oh, really? We doing that now? But I had to, you know, but I'm just saying because of how we were raised, it wasn't me judge, but it was just kind of like, man, she got a tattoo. I hope, I hope uh, she she can make it to the other side. <laughs> Jesus. But see, like even in that, that's tradition. Like the reality of the situation is the world that we live in today, there is no possible way you're going to be able to go to any of these people to say, Oh, you got a tattoo, so you going to hell. You, whew, Well, we shouldn't be going to jury. anybody telling them they going but to I, hell. But, but I get saying, what you're saying. But I'm saying how we grew up, that's what they told you. Oh, yeah. And so it's so many people walking around with this perception. And so for us, I think it makes us accountable. We have to be accountable to say that's not what it is. It doesn't matter how you look. It's not up to us to judge people and put people in boxes and tell them you have to wear this, you have to do this, you have to do that. No, we don't do the the uh, making over. God does that. Right. We draw people in love. And right. I think when we walk in love and we deal with people and handle people in love, then whatever is wrong on the outside, God will fix that. Oh, yeah, well, with love and kindness will I draw thee. Is what is what uh, the Bible says, and I think that we, I think we run into the situation where, like I said, when you're raised a certain way, you have to break out of those shackles of how you were raised, the things that you were taught, because it's like the one thing, and I, I think I said this a couple of shows ago was, is I got saved, uh, I got the Holy Ghost in 1999, but I ain't get saved to about 2010, 2011 when I begin to get out of the bondage of tradition. The bondage of um, just going off of what I was taught by my grandparents and my parents to be, this is right, this is wrong. It was like, no, I had to think for myself, read the word, and truly interpret what Jesus was saying. And and really, when you think about it, the, the group that Jesus went after the most was the two most religious sects, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they were supposed to be keepers of the law, and they couldn't even follow the law. So the thing is, is why is it now that we try to, because the, the one thing that's so famous to me is in a, in the book of Acts, when Paul goes and they, to me, it was probably the first convention that they had when Paul meets with the other apostles and they get together and he's like, well, we're going to these Gentile cities and they're getting saved. And they turn around and say, oh, they're getting the Holy Ghost. Well, they need to also get circumcised and follow the law. So it's like you want this 40-year-old man and probably – and remember back in that time, if you lived, the 40 was like, oh, like we talking like today where the life expectancy was like if you made it to 50, it was like making it to 80 or 90 right. today. And, and no medicine, even though, I mean, they had things that they used, but it's like we're going to circumcise you as a grown man. And then you have to also follow this law that you know absolutely nothing about, even though you've been a Gentile, you've ate, eaten unclean, you've eaten pork and all this other stuff, and they and they still went on and do, did it. So is it that, and, and I bring back this question, is it because we don't 
read the word and study the way we're supposed to? Or do do you think that most people, the, the reason, let me put it this way. You think most people just don't want to get out of the bondage of understanding for themselves. It was like, well, my mom did it this way. Her mom before her did it this way or dad. So we're going to do it this way as opposed to saying just because they did it that way doesn't mean it was right. I think people really don't know. You know, they don't know. I think I, I think I said it here the first time I was here. People are not in bondage because they don't read the word. They are in bondage because they read it and try to make it mean something that it doesn't mean. You know, the law allows no room for relationship. Okay, either you're going to live under the law or you're going to have relationship. You can't have both. Trying to follow a set of rules will never allow me to get to know you. If you give me a list of rules, let's just, you're about to get married. Okay. You're about to marry a woman who has no idea what kind of heart you have. Okay. She knows what kind of shoes you like, what kind of clothes you wear, what kind of car you drive, how you like your eggs, but she has no idea who you are. That's the law. But when she starts to learn, oh, he loves God. These are the things that mean something to him. You know, family, God, raising his children to know who God is. You know, he has a good understanding of the community. You know, he's setting an example for black men in the community to lead them to God and showing them that having this relationship with God doesn't mean you're weak. It makes you strong. Now she's moving into relationship. Paul said it best. He said, the letter kill it, but the spirit gives life. If all the people who want to live under the law, please understand two things. One, if you violate one, you are guilty of them all. And two, it's punishable by death. There was no excuses. There was no explaining it or trying to ration it away. That was, that was the verdict. Right. That's what was going to happen. But under grace and truth, the spirit is always active, always cleansing, always working. That's the benefit. So I think people who still try to get this, this teaching of the law and all this religious stuff, I think they just don't know. It's also a control mechanism, too. Uh, expound on that more. Lauren, you should go, <laughs> go ahead, Sean. Well, I was waiting to drop the line like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get that know. boom airborne, yeah. 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 that Jamaican horn. Like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to me that, you know, the church feels like they need to control every lane. You only have one lane. And when you can't control it, then there's a problem with it. So let me just seek to control it, you know? So don't wear this, don't wear that, don't, we couldn't play games if it had dice, you know, so we couldn't play Monopoly, you know, so enough don't try to play no spades. Right. We couldn't go to football games. That's why, that's why I beat you, you in spades. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> telling you, so, they don't beat me, we rise and fly all the way around here. <laughs> no, but go ahead. I'm but yeah, it's, it's a method to control people. Because if, if there's no control and people think if I can't control, if you do what I say or you're not saved, no, that's not how this works. I'm allowed to disagree with you. Good communication doesn't always mean agreement. Correct. You know, and once you feel like in order for us to have communicated effectively that we agree, you've already missed it. I like that. I like that part right there at all. Was you about to say something? No, no, no. I'm, uh, I completely agree with what Sean is saying. It's to the point you literally have to strip away every idea and thought that you've created that makes you feel righteous and allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation by reading the word and actually keeping an open heart to say, you know what? Because think about it. Back then, people passed away, and people would immediately say, that person made it to heaven, this and this. And, you know, they, they were able to create a, a judgment on somebody Based on the way they thought they lived their life. But even now they do that. They yeah. live in, like you guys ever seen the movie The Shack? The Shack. Yes. yes. All right. And I read the book. All right, yeah. bet. Yeah. And Robin gave me the book, by the way. Oh. I only read, but when I saw the movie, the movie is a part in the movie, right? Okay. So weird. It, if you've seen the movie, I'm just gonna kind of run through it. Um, the guy had his daughter, and they were all out in the camping, and his daughter died. Pretty much, somebody she was missing. She was missing, but somebody. Captured her. Kidnapped her. Kidnapped her. And, you know, murdered her pretty much. Right. So this man was going through a whole tough time. And they called guy, Papa, 
around mm-hmm. that time. So it was like an experience he had when he went back to the shack and it was like, it was God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that was there pretty much. And it, it was a part to where he had to go into a ton, uh, like a little a cave, cave mm-hmm. and meet with the Holy Spirit. Oh no, the wisdom, wisdom was in there. So he was, I just want the killers dead and we're pretty much like I want them judged or however he right. was, he, it was over him. and wisdom said I want you to come sit up here he said I don't want to sit up here I want you to sit up here so he sits up there and then he says or the wisdom says alright choose one of your kids choose one of your kids that can go to heaven one goes to hell right and he's like she's like well surely your son he's been lying to you and all this so he's going to be the one to go to hell, right? Or your daughter. She doesn't talk to you. She's upset. He's like, no, none of them. They're going through a rough time. She's like, that's the exact same thing. Wait, God looks at us. So you think about all these laws and things that are created. Somebody has tattoos. Somebody has an issue with, with drinking. Somebody has an issue with smoking. Somebody has an issue with sexual immoralities and all these different things. And you think God is going to compare you with somebody else. And make it seem as you're more righteous than them? No. We only (laughs) heirs. Right. We're heirs of a promise. Right. Only because we've been adopted by, you know, Jesus and and the promise with Abraham and things like that. Well, true. that's truly when it says, let the wheat and the tear grow together. And he'll do the separating. So, Lola, Lola, let me ask you this. Do you think it's because we want to do God's job for him? Like, it's like a thought of, like, I think Shonda brought up feeling in uh superior but do you think it's even like we because a lot of times we run into people who want to do god's job for them telling people they going to hell standing outside of abortion clinics standing um going to funerals of soldiers and all that other stuff do you think that's what i i think that it may be partially of people trying to do god's job but i also think it's ignorance and the reason why i say it's ignorance is because when you read your Bible and you actually take the time to read it and understand it, then there's no possible way that you can judge someone by how they look or how they act. You may not like their actions, but judging a person, that's ignorance. Right. And if we know that the Bible tells us that we're supposed to handle every person in love and we draw people in love, then how could you possibly think judging someone and telling someone, oh, you're going to go to hell or, oh, you're not safe or, oh, you're not this, you're not that, that's walking in love because it's not. Right. Well, well, it's funny to me, too, because the people who want to, I think you made this point at the very beginning, Lauren, about we pick and choose the parts of the Mosaic law that we want to, um, apply to our lives and the ones that we don't. And I think because Lauren sent a great article that I had a chance to read and it kind of mentioned that. But um, you think about, for instance, David. David, God said, was a man after his own heart. But David took another man's wife. Mm-hmm. And God still let David continue to be king. And not only did he let David continue to be king, the woman who he had the affair with ended up ha- bearing the child for him. That was the the heir to the throne. We look at um, Samson, who was one of the judges. And Samson is not married to Delilah, but they hooking up. Right. And and he got caught up in the way he got caught up. But even at the end, he prayed for uh, forgiveness. God let his hair grow back and he killed them all and, you know, and things like that. So even when you look at people who were un- subject to under the law, they didn't always live under the law the way it was supposed to be. And that's why we needed Jesus. Because if it wasn't for Jesus, if we still had to be following laws. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, what's the story of the woman that they brought the woman to Jesus and put her down and said, you know, she's been uh, committing adultery. And the Bible says that she should be stoned to death. Jesus said, well, let he use without sin, cast the first stone. So that was almost like, to me, like one of those precursors, like, like all these cats know that they, they doing what they doing. Or the second, um, one I bring up is when the, the two men are praying and it was a, a, a tax collector 
and one of the Sadducees or Pharisees is praying and the tax collector is praying like, God, forgive me for the job that I do. I don't like doing this. And the <laughs> Sadducees like, God, thank God I ain't this guy over here. So it's like you judging this man off of the, the job that he does and things like that. So, you know, because people do jobs where it's like we pick and choose, for instance, like people that's police officers. And if a police officer kills an unarmed person who didn't pose any kind of threat for them, does, is that a person a murderer? I mean, I mean, you understand what I'm yes. saying? <laughs> but I mean, you understand what I'm, no, no, but I'm saying like under like how would like, because we try to justify these things through God, like in America, we go bomb other countries and act like American imperialism is God imperialism. So are we not going to be judged harshly for the people who do these things knowingly using God's word to cause chaos and destruction? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, the wonderful thing about God is that nobody's exempt. You don't get exemption. It doesn't matter what your job is. It wait, so matter. this exemption that I bought from this guy for twenty dollars <laughs> nope. don't wait, 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 hold on. Nope. I bought this exemption for twenty dollars. Okay. And it said that one way ticket to heaven. Gotcha. So this don't mean nothing. You now. got a twenty dollar piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got one of them too. So don't worry. No, nobody's exempt. You know, you you don't get to do wrong and get away with it. You don't. Maybe you'll be lucky enough to be judged on this side. If not, it will follow you, and you have to deal with it on the other side, but you don't get away with it. Perhaps this is some of the reason why America is facing the things she's facing now, because she's <clears throat> never been Christian. Wait, say that again. You know, America has never Go ahead, been get Christian. the hat out, Steph. Get the hat out. <laughs> now you got to give it to Sean to the day. It said January 14th. <laughs> <laughs> it's on back order. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I it, it just makes me think because like I said, when, when I was growing up, the way we were just like, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you can't say this, you can't say that, and it's like, you got older, you start to read the word and you be like, wait, why are we still quoting these laws? Because like I live in a neighborhood with us uh, majority Jewish community and these people still follow the letter. Of, like they, they end Friday night. They don't go out again till Saturday morning and they walk. They don't even do no um, driving on that day. They walk to temple. Yeah. On the Sabbath and things like that. And it's like, if we gonna if we, if you really gonna try to force the church to follow these laws, then you got to follow all of them. Mm -hmm. You can't just pick and choose which right. ones to follow. So it's like for even us, even that. But the main thing is, is I think it like y'all say, I think it is about control mm -hmm. because the church wants to control what people do, and when they feel like they're losing the grips of control, what do they do? They tear you from limb to limb. When they cannot control you, the moment you start to rebel, because I have a few tattoos, right. the moment you get that tattoo or you pierce your ears or you start wearing pants or makeup or whatever it is they told you not to do, you have just now become a martyr for the world. Right. You know, oh, she is not as saved as I thought. I thought she was a minister. Right. You know, people take. Like you you wear pants. So, uh, 99% of the time. Got on a pair right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, so what backlash do you get? If I get any backlash right now, I don't know. Oh, no, 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 care. no, no. I mean, well, when you are, were before you, before you became a free black woman. Right. And did care. What was some of the pushback that you would get? I was told that say people don't wear pants. Save so, women. Yeah, save women. I'm sorry. Yeah, save women. Wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> but in, you know, in, in biblical culture, men didn't wear pants. Right. You know, and they would take that scripture that women shouldn't wear anything that pertains to a man. That's what they used to try to beat me up with that. It's easy to beat up somebody who's ignorant. Right. I'm not going to be ignorant. I'm not going to let you do that to me. Okay. Back in the times when this Bible was written, men didn't wear pants. There were no pants. Okay. So when you tell me that this scripture means you shouldn't wear pants, you're going to have to justify that for me culturally because you cannot separate the Bible from Jewish culture. Now, so just be honest with me and tell me that 
because this is what people do. They take the areas where they're weak and they try to control you. So because you have no control over your flesh, you can't wear any pants. You have no control over your flesh, so you can't wear any makeup. You know, we don't want the women to wear any makeup, don't wear any pants, you know, don't wear anything form-fitting. We want it to come up to your neck and down to your feet. We don't want you to show anything, no cleavage, you know, no no prints, nothing, because you have an wear issue. Wear a potato sack. Yeah, pretty much, and uh, nylon stockings. <laughs> Did you run into that too, Lauren? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's different generations. Different. But you, but no, really, uh, I live with my grandmother, so it would be days that I would like get up to go out or go to work or whatever. She would say, "You going out with that on?" <laughs> and I'd say, "Yeah, what's wrong with it?" Or if I wore some pants to church, she right. would say, "You wearing some pants to church?" And I would say, "Absolutely." But you know what's funny about about our grandmother <laughs> is um, the church that uh, our grandfather went to, Clinton Street Bethlehem Temple, you couldn't do the ring. You would g- get your spouse a watch. She said, I, ain't nobody buying me no watch. So it's almost like you was a rebel yourself. Nah, right. Sister Gayla, you know what can't I'm saying? Pick and choose. You can't pick and choose, you know. So, Lord, can't, you can't go outside with no pants on, but I'm going to get my ring. I have a lot of pants suits. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, well, yeah. So did you ever run into anything, Stefan? Like anybody trying to, and it's funny, and because of a patriarchy, a lot of times you don't run into that. With men, no, I mean Most we probably ran. We don't. ran into more so of the, the physical stuff, right? Like, don't be out here drinking, don't smoke. You know, you don't want to be out here talking to all these women and all this kind of stuff. It was stuff like that, which you don't want to, right? You don't want to really drink. <laughs> it can turn into a habit and smoke. Right. Well, I, 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 well, even <laughs> no, but I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but those things were the things that deemed you as right, right? Yeah, no, no. But, but, oh, you stopped. But hold on now, because Shonda from the South, and I know Southern Baptists, they chain smokers. Yeah. Back in the, the southern, the they church. smoked in the church. <laughs> Did they? Yes. Yes. Oh, One wow. of my first experiences was going to, you know, a pastor's office. I think I was probably 13. And they smoked in the office in, in Baptist churches. They weren't going outside to do it. <laughs> right. You walk into the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? I think I think I right. more so was the the marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> the marijuana. So that was the one. But, but like, even, smoke but even, all right, so I'm glad you brought that up. So the marijuana. And let's just go, okay. <laughs> Bro, no, just, no, no, because I don't smoke. I don't smoke. Okay. So uh, I've never been a smoker. I tried it before. It did, I didn't get high from it. And the people told me, well, you ain't inhaling all this other stuff. And But it was like, you're going to keep. But they told me. Just come smoke with us again. It's like, I'm not about to keep paying, and I'm not getting this quote-unquote high that I'm supposed to be getting. But the reason I bring up marijuana is this. By the letter of the law, um, secular law, not church law, marijuana is wrong. It's a Schedule One drug. It's up there with, like, cocaine, heroin, all of that other stuff. But there are medicinal purposes for marijuana that help people i.e. people with cancer, they smoke it. It helps them get an appetite when they've gone through chemo. Um, There are some researchers in other countries, because you can't do the research here, that says that it can help with migraine headaches, even um, eating it and breaking it down into oils for arthritis and things like that. So I asked um, a pastor once, because with me being in the medical field, I deal with people who uh, take pain pills. And these people are addicted. Addicted to pain pills, oxycotton, oxycodone, you name them. They're addicted to these things. And these people like, like, wait, what do you mean? I, wait, they took it down to 10 milligrams and I was getting a 20. Well, can you give me two tens and all this other stuff? And these people go nuts when, when they, when the doctor says, I can't give you the script anymore. And when you start to do the research, these uh, pain pills are nothing but low doses of heroin. And that's why a lot of people then turn to heroin. So I went to a pastor. I'm like, what if you found out somebody at the church was, was smoking marijuana because they had cancer? And he said, well, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I said, but how would the church, because if you were smoking marijuana, no question, people are like, oh, you 
wrong, you're going to hell. But I'm like, but we okay with people taking because these pain pills are worse than marijuana. They're chemically induced, they're addictive, all this other stuff. Now I know people say, oh, they they advocating for smoking marijuana. It's not that I'm advocating for anything. I'm just saying whatever you choose to do, just make sure you had a research because I know this firsthand. That's why I brought this up because at the end of the day, if this, the you know, people who do justify marijuana uh, use, use the scripture that every plant that was given to us was, <laughs> was also in the Old Testament Genesis. Every plant was given for use and purpose and things like that, which it's, it's here. It does have a purpose. So, but I'm saying I got a different stance on it anyway. No, no. I, well, I go ahead. Go ahead. No, both of y'all go ahead. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just bringing it up as a, for instance, because we're talking about the umbrella of the law, the umbrella of rules that we, we create rules. So it's like, I thought we're supposed to be doing things that Christ wants us to do things that, because there's things that people say are wrong that I don't feel convicted about. Right. So go, go ahead. Uh, you can start, Shondo. You, Stefan. You know, first of all, it's it's not illegal anymore. Oh, yeah, true. I, was, I didn't want to cut thing. you off. Well, no, no. It's in our state. It's not. Yeah, I think it's about twenty states that is not illegal, but it's right. still not federally. It's still considered illegal federally. Because so, you got the tax. But <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, but continue. Uh, no, continue. For for someone who would now, I I don't smoke. Right. Um, but I do know how to make the oil because I just wanted to know how to do it now because I don't smoke. I eat, but I don't eat the edibles either. But I you know you don't I'm, listen, but for anybody, I've tried edibles. I'm not going to lie. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just pretend like I'm approved. Like, I'm, right. I'm I, you know, but continue for anyone who would say to me that um, it's wrong. I would ask them to show me where, you know, I don't mind you telling me it's wrong. Just be able to show me that they're going to give you the scripture probably about being sober minded. Right. But um, a person, an individual is more sober minded with edibles, um, THC levels, uh, the oils, uh, brownies, cookies and gummies than they are with 20 milligrams of Oxycontin. Oh, trust me. I know. So um, don't tell me that something is right just because it's FDA approved. And this is wrong simply because it's not when they all live in the same family. That's like telling me I can fornicate, but I can't masturbate. Now, either they're both going to be wrong or they're both going to be right. Either way, you're still going to have to prove it. Maybe that was like jump off the cliff to prove a point, but you know what I <laughs> hey, mean. No, no, you, hey, I like jumping off the cliff to prove a point. Go ahead, Steph. No, I mean, people change with the laws of pretty much the land. A while ago, marijuana was completely illegal. People said, you shouldn't be doing that. Soon as now it's legal, everybody's doing CBD. Same people I heard that were saying, shouldn't be doing that. God wouldn't approve of that. They're taking CBD-infused baths. Like, bro, you better get them bubbles up out of that bath. <laughs> That's marijuana in there. Or CBD tea for your nerves you go. So it to show- help you sleep. Because, like, right now, <clears throat> I, 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 I do. I, no. No. On a regular basis. <laughs> right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See, but that's the thing I'm saying. When the math don't make sense, you got to go ahead and redo the equation all over again. And it's one of those kind of things that where did these ideas that various things are not right? Man-made laws. Man-made laws. Lauren came up with them. Man-made <laughs> <laughs> See, look, these, these man-made laws actually are not the things that get us closer to God. They're the things that push us away from God. Right. Because as soon as you think you can be righteous without God, then you push yourself further away from his presence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that creates a barrier right there. So as soon as you say, you know what, today, I promise myself, I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to that music. I'm not going to do this. And I'm not going to do that without seeking God and reading, reading the word or doing anything like that. But you think you're going to do all these things and it's going to get you closer to God. He's going to look at you and say, now look at them down there. They wearing pants today. They, they they're not smoking. They're not drinking. They haven't said a cuss word. They're listening to all the right music. Let me go visit him. It's not. It doesn't work out that way. You are as soon as you understand the path that you are right now, and you know that you don't know everything. Then that's when you begin to experience 
God's presence because a lot of the things we just talked about, we could have promised years ago that these were the things that got you to heaven. Oh, yeah. Think about it. These are the things that we would have looked at back in and said, bro, we got it all figured out. Don't wear no pants. Make sure I wear a tie, not a bow tie. Right. <laughs> Stuff like that. Because if you wear a bow tie, you another religion. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't oh, no, I'm just saying you you said they it. equate that with Muslims and things like that. But even, you know, it's funny. I once heard a pastor. I can't think of the pastor's name. It was years ago. But he talked about, like, you know, depending on your denomination, especially back in the day, you was Pentecostal. You didn't go to a Baptist church. If you was Baptist, you didn't go to AME and all of that. And they would tell you. Don't be going to these churches. Don't be, you know, they, 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 what they teach. They don't believe what we believe. And, and they, or they will argue about the Trinity and all this other stuff. But then people said, matter of fact, you know who it was? It was Bishop Noel Jones who said, he said, but then he said, people would be like, hey, look, I went to, I know I wasn't supposed to, but I was in town. I went to go visit this other church. And the church that I went to visit, the same thing our pastor was preaching. This joker was preaching. <laughs> like, like, so the pastor would be listening to these other messages, getting a message from these people, but then they telling you don't go to their church. But it's okay for them to listen and be like, get ideas from this person, pick up some 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 sayings and things like that. But the, the Bible says what? The traditions of men have made the word of God of non-effect. And if we continue to follow traditions and, and be, be under these traditions, we are going to be, uh, the word of God becomes of non-effect because you are chasing the, you're chasing the, I don't know the word I'm looking, you're chasing the perfection as opposed to chasing the relationship. And if you chase the, the, uh, perfection as opposed to the relationship, you're going to fall. I mean, most of the time, if you have conversations with, I'm trying to find somebody who, used to be a Christian and no longer is a Christian and find out why, what happened. And cause I want to bring them on the podcast and have a serious conversation, not to convert them or them to convert me. But I just want to know, because a lot of times I hear people who were like, um, super fundamentalists, you know, Christian fundamentalists who grew up in churches where it's like at seven, they teach you how to pray demons out and all this other stuff. And, and you getting all these rules of what to do, what not to do. And they get older. And then it's like, almost they get a little, just taste it. And it's like, well, what y'all was teaching me was, was not relationship. Relationship. Right. Y'all were teaching me religion. The, the, the ceremony right. of what you're supposed to do, but not saying here is a relationship. It's works versus the Holy spirit. You know, you, you, you can't earn it. You can't do enough to get it. Your righteousness will always be as filthy rags. You know, you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Like there's nothing you have that you can give in exchange for. We've seen that with, with Balaam. There's nothing you can do. Right. It has to be relationship. That is why there are two covenants or two testaments. Right. You know, the Old Testament, it was all concealed. So now that we're in the New Testament, you can't preach about the Old Testament without the light of the New Testament that's revealing it. So you got to keep these two things separate. You have to, if you can talk about, you know, the Old Testament and what was under the law, but you also have to let people know, listen, this is punishable by, by death. You know, all the law did was reveal people as lawbreakers. That's why Paul said, I didn't know sin until the law came. I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know I was bad till I got the Holy Ghost. It, it gets in there, and then it starts to reveal your heart to you. Right. It starts to show you who you truly are. Now you're, oh, okay. Now I see me. This is not good. I need to change this. Well, how am I going to change it? I tried all the works. Now it has to be done, you know, by the Spirit. Two covenants, two dispensations. You can't mix the two. Well, Jesus said, what, I didn't come to break the law, but I came to fulfill it. That's right. And he was just a fulfillment because we wouldn't have been able to be saved through uh, any other way. Right. Because if you, I mean, even if you look at the children of Israel, what was their pattern, Lauren? Pattern was, all right, we're going to follow the law for a, about five minutes. And we're going to do what we want to do. And then for about the next 25, 30 minutes, we're going to do what we want to do. Right. And then God would come. Spank them real good. Get back on it. Tighten them up. And, and they get tightened up, mm -hmm. and then they right back on it. Right. 
and it's like it was a vicious cycle. It's like if you spanked your child and they continually kept doing the same thing, you almost start to think, all right, it's something seriously wrong, right, with them. Like I, I, I mean, you getting spanked for the same thing every day, and it was literally what the children of Israel is like. We'd be good for twenty years, and then about another twenty years, we start worshiping idols. God to come, they get taken over Babylon, Persia, these different kingdoms. Then they lament and cry out for help. He would come and grab them. And that's where you get books like Malachi, when he said, I did all this for you. He was giving me your, your lame calves and offerings and all this other stuff. But, yeah, so, but it was a good discussion. So we about to get ready to wrap it up. So uh, I, one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to start with Lauren to wrap it up and give her final word. I'm going to Thank start you. with Shonda. We still go ladies first around here. Okay. Um, branches can't exist or they can't bear fruit absent of the vine. So the law will never work for you. You have to be connected to the branch. The only connection you can have is through the Holy Spirit. That was the whole purpose of Jesus coming in the first place. The whole purpose of him coming here was so that the Holy Spirit could be released into the world. So they would no longer be in you, I mean on you or around you, but that it could be in you, in every person. That was God's whole plan. How can I infiltrate the world? You know, how can I infiltrate the world by the Holy Spirit? Well, how do I get the Holy Spirit to the earth? I need a body, a body thou hast prepared for me, as it is written of me to do thy will. He's going to come. He's going to die. And then he's, when he dies, he's going to release that spirit. Now it is available to everybody. All branches come back to the vine. No more law relationship. Amen to that. I think you should drop your mic. For that. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop. Just it drop. On the table. Go ahead, Steph. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Um, on this one, I, I want to read from uh, Romans 4, 13 through 16. Um, and it says on that, that scripture, it says, It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be the heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the laws are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless. Because the law brings wrath and there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise that comes by faith so that it may be by grace and be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. And as soon as we um, submit and commit our lives to Jesus and he comes into our lives, we become heirs of that exact same promise. So by grace and by faith, we begin to move forward into a life that draws us closer to God and brings us closer to God so that we can be full and get us somewhere further that the law can never even get us. The law couldn't even get us to the starting line. But with the promise and uh, by grace, we begin to actually go down a road. We're already at the finish line soon as by grace. So we just go down a road in life as we, you know, continue to go through various things. We continue to reveal certain things in our hearts. We continue to pray daily and, and you know, make the, the, the same prayer like in Psalms when it says, search my heart, O Lord, to see if there be any wicked ways in me and lead me on a path of everlasting. Those are the things that help us to grow and to be full and complete, to know those areas. Because revelation, the Lord doesn't bring revelation. The Holy Spirit brings revelation. So the same things that we're talking about right now is revelation. That's the only reason why we can talk about this stuff, because it was revelation that the Holy Spirit has given us to say, the law didn't do nothing for you 20 years ago. The law ain't going to do nothing for you now. The only thing that's done something for me now has been the Holy Spirit. So continue on that path. The first thing you can do is commit and submit your life to God and accept Jesus in your life and believe with faith, childlike faith, just like you was like a child. Back in the day, committing and submitting your life to God and know that everything is going to be okay. Read your word, and you begin to get the same revelation, and then you begin to see truth. So, yeah, that's the end. Amen to that. Man, y'all dropping gems. I don't even know if I want to say anything. Y'all killing it. I'm, I'm going to be the one to drop the ball. Right, hot potato. <laughs> <Just drop it. laughs> Go ahead, Laura. 
So I want to leave y'all with this. Uh, it's my all-time favorite scripture is Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. When you acknowledge God, when you, you step outside of what you have been taught, what you have been told, and what you have watched, when you go to God and you acknowledge him and you invite him into your your heart, you invite him into your mind, you invite him into your thoughts, he is the one that will direct you. He is the one that will correct you. He is the one that will say, okay, do this, don't do this, say this, don't say that, go here, wear this. He will direct you. He will guide you in every step that you take. So when you begin to build that relationship with him and you acknowledge him and you trust in him, you will not fail because you are being led and taught by the right person. Amen. Amen. You better charge up your battery, bro. You got some <laughs> Man, I feel like uh, y'all didn't put the weight of the world on my shoulder. I, I feel like y'all, I, I'm coming behind some heavyweights. I better, uh, you know, Tyson here throwing some gloves and I'm about to come, but... Uh, I just want to thank you all, uh, all three of y'all for coming in and uh, continuing to just drop gems and knowledge. Um, I'm just going to leave with something short. You know, um, I always talk about um, my own life experiences because I feel like sometimes the best way to convey things to people is through life experiences. And um, some of the people that are listening to the show, maybe you weren't raised in churches that were of tradition or churches that um, were staunch on certain things, certain rules and didn't instill those things in you. But for the people that grew up in churches that instilled things in you and put those things into you, like I said earlier, the scripture that the traditions of men have made the word of God of non effect. If you want the word of God to take effect in your life, you don't have to follow their rules and their traditions. You have to build your relationship with Christ Jesus. If you work on your relationship with Christ Jesus, I promise you every revelation, every knowledgeable thing, all that you want will continue to download into you and you will wake up and realize what I've been taught by other people, by men and their traditions were not the things that God wanted me to know. And that now that I have this relationship with Christ Jesus, I know his heart and his desire for the things that he wants me to do. So with that being said, I just want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And we'll see you next time. God bless.